You're listening to Who Needs Sleep, a podcast for parents. Today's episode, The Drum Roll, Part 1. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining into our podcast. I am Dr. Valerie Lawrence. And I am Dr. Philip McAllis. And today we're going to talk about things that you need for your new baby. I just froze. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> so before we get started, I do want to let you guys know that this episode is a two-parter. In the first part, we're going to discuss the overall approach to preparing and things that we found helpful. And we'll also talk about prenatal prep, sleeping arrangements, and clothing. In the next part, we're really getting into supplies like car seats and birth cloths and things of that nature. So let's get this party started. Because every day is someone's birthday. We decided to, you know, start our podcast series with things to prepare for, you know, as you're pregnant with the baby. I don't know if you guys remember that, that jingle, you're having a baby, the feeling can't be beat, but you better decide where the baby's going to sleep, come to the baby's room. Your child does not need a room. The baby does not need a nursery. That is one thing (laughs) that you will realize that the child does not not need. Am I right, Phil? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're basically, I mean, we recommend that babies are in the same room as their parents for the first, preferably the first year, but at least the first six months. So essentially, I think everybody's nurseries at the beginning are a photo studio. That's like <laughs> what it is. You know, there's no, Agreed. you don't, they're not going to the be in there The changing table yeah. is probably in there. And then that's the most time yeah. you spend in that room is changing the diaper. And then you end up just changing the diaper Wherever you wherever, may find yourself, in where <laughs> anywhere, on your, across your knees while you sit down, anywhere, <laughs> anywhere and everywhere. So yes, yeah, so this episode we're just going to talk about you know how to prepare for your child and things you don't really need to purchase or have on your registry and other things that you really need to solidify. So first thing we're going to talk about is picking a pediatrician. It will make things a little bit easier for you upon discharge from the hospital if you kind of already have in mind a pediatrician that you would like your child to see. And it's not static. You can always change after the baby is born or even after a few office visits if you have a preference for a different provider. Yeah. uh, You know, I, I think a lot of it depends on where you are. And, you know, Mm -hmm. how many do you have available? You may be in a place where you don't have a lot of options or where you have just family medicine doctors versus a place where there's a billion different uh, doctors. And I think this is getting into also like like everything that we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. The fact that having more choices does not make it easier. Um, (laughs) It actually makes it a lot more challenging at times. Yeah. So um, this is why I think it can be helpful to before you have the baby, and that's really what we're talking about today, you know, before you have the baby, you can call around and see what the practices are. Obviously, you can get on local parent groups to to, to get the idea of, okay, what are people's uh, takeaways from their experiences with these different medical practices? Absolutely. So you have some idea. And obviously, if, if you know people around, that can be helpful too. But um, there's a number of things to take into account. And you, you want to really be open and clear about what you want and what you're looking for, if you know. You know, because a lot of us don't really 
even know at this point, right? Absolutely. And, and you'll figure that out after. And I do know there are some uh, pediatric practices that will allow you to come and meet with the pediatrician and the staff and kind of tour the office before you give birth. Um, you can always do your research and see if the practices are available for that. And then also one kind of rule of thumb that I always tell my parents, if they don't have a pediatrician, just to Find the person that is closest to where you live, where your insurance is covered. Yeah. <laughs> because as we both yeah. know, and yeah. as you guys will find out, there are a lot of doctor's appointments in the first year of life. It's just a lot of appointments. Yeah. And you don't want to have to be traveling 45 minutes to an hour with a kid in a car seat to go get shots. That is not fun for anybody. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if you can help it. Yeah. I mean, how how did how did you pick yours? Well? I picked mine because I, you know, I delivered in Hawaii. I'm out in Hawaii. I have Kaiser, and so that was that. I went to the Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so that's that's a good point, right? I mean, it's I mean for us too. Uh, my daughter comes to my practice and sees the other <laughs> one of your colleagues, doctor there, who yeah, one of my colleagues who lives down the road from us anyways too <laughs> you know so that's perfect did you i mean getting ready to have a baby because i mean we're talking about this and this is really i think for um you know parents grandparents who might be helping out you know just any, any anybody who's who's helping take care of a baby but what do you feel like your process of preparing for a baby was like you know i so one thing i want to bring up Prenatal classes. If you are pregnant, go to a prenatal class. Even though I am a pediatrician, I, when it comes to OB-GYN stuff, I was lost. I mm-hmm. wasn't interested in it, learned it to, <laughs> you know, pass and, and get moving. But, you know, this was my first time pregnant, went to prenatal classes. And so just kind of learned a lot about um, how your body kind of physically prepares for a child, you know? So, yeah. And they talked about the whole nesting process, how you'll all of a sudden feel like you need to clean or, you know, mm-hmm. go shopping. I had none of that. I <laughs> I never really nested. And it was it was it was a little concerning because I was like, why am I not having these feelings that I need to prepare? Huh. And I think it's because My mom and my boyfriend were both here in Hawaii with me, and Uh, they took such good care of me. I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to wash any clothes. I didn't have to do any cooking. I didn't have to wash any dishes. I they just let me enjoy being pregnant, which also was not fun because I was going to say enjoy (laughs) is a term used loosely a lot of times. Oh, because I was exhausted. I was having a lot of back pain. I was having a lot of nausea. So me being prepared is not going to be your norm or how I prepared because I basically did a lot of nothing. I just kind of focused on, you know, just getting rest and that was about it. Yeah. Well, I think that what you just touched on brings up a couple of really good points. Uh, You know, one of them being that you don't really know how things are going to go. And you almost need to ignore a lot that's on social media. Just people post these beautiful pictures from photo shoots before they give birth. And then a lot of people, I feel like, get to the the actual process of being a pregnant person. 
and are like, oh my God, why is it like this? <laughs> what is, is there something wrong with me? Why is this so difficult? Yeah, why am I not That's, in a field of lilacs holding my belly yeah. with, with tulle? A tool dress. No, it's it. Pregnancy was not fun for me. No, it's it's not fun for a lot of people. I, you know, and I think that's you know a lot of this process is really challenging because you're learning on the fly, even if you do prepare. We we didn't actually, I mean, we didn't go to a prenatal class. We did not think about it, mm. and we didn't have have any sort of birth plan. The plan was give birth and so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know so we got there to the hospital and we're like huh oh we didn't talk about any of this stuff yeah yeah that's why i'm a i'm a firm believer in prenatal classes uh the prenatal class mm-hmm. i took was at the hospital where i work and the, the nurses that i work yeah. with were running the class and i just learned so much and i also did not have a birth plan um, and so, but they went, they would do exercises about birth plans saying like, Hey, you know, this is your birth plan, but what yeah. if this happens and you can't have that? Or what if that happens and then you need to do this? And they said the ultimate goal is to have a healthy baby. So I do no- notice to this day that women who actually go through the prenatal classes that are provided at the hospital, they have a totally different experience at the hospital huh. than women who did not. And like, say, one woman went to the birth class, had a prenatal plan. Another woman did not. Nine times out of ten, the one that did not, if things don't go to plan, they have a much more difficult time kind of transitioning mm. to get what needs to be done. The women who did go through the class, they kind of understand like, okay, you know, uh-huh. because we talked about this, you know, in the prenatal class, we went through this. And then yeah. they actually have a better judge of their body. And when it's time to go into the hospital mm. or when it's time, or maybe we can wait a little bit longer, like just because they know the process of actual kind of, you know, labor yeah. and things of that sort. So Yeah. You know, this is the thing too for, for us. I mean, I'm an outpatient pediatrician. We are who go out and are the face of pediatricians at the prenatal classes at the local hospital. And I still did not think, (laughs) like I'm doing these classes, going and answering questions before babies are born, like, you know, once every every couple months. And I didn't, it just, there is such a thing as over-preparing, but but, but at the same time, uh, having some idea of things ahead of time is good because you are going to be tired. I mean, I was thinking, we've been, you know, talking about what exactly to name this podcast, and obviously we have a podcast name now that you're listening to it, but I was was just thinking (laughs) today, this morning while we were getting ready, that we could just call it Two Tired Doctors, just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two sleepy people talking at you. Two tired doctors. <laughs> I like it. Doctors. Let's do it. Because honestly, like you're gonna be <laughs> sleep deprived when you get to that point, and uh, you are you're you're gonna feel a little bit crazy after after giving birth because you are on such a weird, uh, you know, absence of sleep schedule. It's uh, I don't I don't know how two kid households or three kid households. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> it's it's really amazing. Me neither. I, you know, God bless single single parents. I don't know how they do that. I I don't know how they do it no. either. I mean, I have you know my boyfriend and my mom, and I'm still exhausted. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. God bless single parents. 
I mean, more power too. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't. I mean, if you if you had a single parent growing up, that person is most likely a complete saint. It is. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> absolutely, how. it does really take a village. So, yeah. so yeah. So, um, yeah. For me, preparing, I really didn't prepare. I did have two baby showers, so I had. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff. And I didn't need 97% of it. <laughs> I did not need, I got a lot of uh, a double and triple things. I had four swings, two high chairs <laughs> with baby showers. I would strongly recommend asking for gift cards because gift cards are mm-hmm. a godsend because you that's, get that's you gift cards and diapers. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I would yep. register for. <laughs> it's true. I, you know, it's funny though because I don't, I, I don't, you don't know exactly what size your kid is going to be in for how long, but you will mm-hmm. need those diapers mm-hmm. and you will need every size of them. You know, um, at least one box of every size. <laughs> at least one box of every size. <laughs> our our daughter was in preemie diapers. Uh, she was like five and a half pounds when she was born. Oh, wow. She's in preemie diapers for a, a little while, and then she was in newborn diapers for like two days and then she was in size one. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah with my like, i'm ready to grow yeah, with my son he was in newborns for about two and a half weeks and then it was size mm-hmm. ones um size threes actually yeah. I noticed in our the ones that we're having purchasing purchasing a lot more of. size three size fours oh, okay they will be in those for a while i think yeah but yeah so mm-hmm. things that you do not need you do not need a bunch of clothes. I'm sorry. You don't no. need all those cute little you do not outfits. <laughs> Your child, I mean, if if people give them to you, put the child in it, take a picture of it, send it to that person. And that's probably will be mm-hmm. it. We got so many brand new, very cute oh, newborn so outfits yep. that he grew out of in like two weeks. Oh, I yeah. wasn't even able to get him get him in everyone and take a picture of it. I mean, I have all these you almost clothes that have never been touched. Yeah, you almost can't. You, that's that's the thing. You almost can't keep up with things i would be going through clothing to pick for her <laughs> she'd be like six months old i'm like this is a newborn outfit you've never the tags are on this still i you know i will say for all of that stuff because we're, we're talking about what you need to have by the time that this baby's born to take this baby home i, I mean yes. honestly after the first couple months and we sort of got savvy to things the majority of our clothes have come from a consignment shop that we like you know yeah. i i believe it majority of liam's clothes are clothes that um a friend of mine who's a nurse she said i have all these clothes i said yes i'll take mm-hmm. them and that was that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah yeah oh i mean that's the thing is I, I mean if you go to consignment shops you will find that some of these clothes will still have the tags <laughs> that shows because Ab- absolutely yeah there's no there's almost no no reason to buy new clothes uh, that so that is a definite there really need. isn't yeah. there really is, especially since they grow so fast yeah. so it's no point spending all this money on all these cute clothes that mm-hmm. the child will never wear oh yeah yeah I, you don't know what kind of baby you're going to have. We had a baby who, for the first four months of her life, spit up because of anything. <laughs> Any emotion, she would spit up all the time. And I, for some reason, I had convinced myself that we would need a bunch of onesies. It's like, oh, you know, the one thing we're going to need is onesies. 
You know, uh, we just got to make sure that we've got a stack of onesies. She never wore onesies. She never wore onesies because I'm like pulling this, you know, baby spit up soaked clothing over her head. Just makes her spit up more. Like we had to have these kind of kimono style, like these things that wrapped around the sides and buttoned in. So you, you need diapers and you need something to cover them a little bit that but. is funny because my child is the exact mm-hmm. opposite all he wore was one yep. he still only wears ones most now. people, that, do. Most people is... do i think she wears more onesies now as an as a two-year-old basically than she wore yeah. when she was a newborn <laughs> in the first like six i believe it she was spitting up like that i guess you don't want to be like kind of pulling yeah. that over her head and things yeah sort of could i just like wrap her in paper towel <laughs> <laughs> like just wrap Please, her in some right? sort of a absorbent chamois kind of <laughs> material. And we just stay in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, we we talked about the 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 sleeping. So you need something for your baby to sleep in. And I think we can definitely overdo it on so many things. Is it New Jersey where they were giving out safe sleep? boxes oh, wow. basically okay. and it's literally like a cardboard box with like a thin mattress that a sheet fit over okay you know a lot of parents wouldn't necessarily be able to to purchase things and they were just right. showing how how simple what you need is something with a tight-fitting sheet with no bumpers nothing like that and, and that, that's it yeah that's that's great that they do that i know um it might have been in the philippines maybe oh. that they handed out safe sleep boxes do not quote me on that, but I do I will believe quote, that's... I will quote that's... you on that. You're going to be a reference. Well, Dr. Valley <laughs> Lauren said that in the Philippines, <laughs> my people... <laughs> but no, um, so sleep. Yes. Yeah. So what you need for your baby to sleep, you need either a crib or a bassinet. Um, mm-hmm. We do not recommend co-sleeping with your child. So I, I think that was one of the things for, for us too, was uh, we wanted to make sure that we had something that could go right up next to the side of the bed. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was something that preferably would swivel a little bit okay. so that we could scoot her out of the way when we needed to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's, it's important, especially with a newborn. You're, the baby's going to spend a lot of time sleeping. And mom, mm-hmm. if you are breastfeeding, then when the baby sleeps, you should be sleeping. 100%. Do not try, try to get up and get things done while the baby's sleeping. When the baby sleeps, you sleep because that child will be up at night ready to eat and you are the only one that mm-hmm. can feed it. So you need to try to get as much rest as possible. Yeah. So some type of um, co-sleeper bassinet or crib or something that kind of something goes right up next goes right up next to the bed. You're able to feed the baby, put the baby back down. And you can lay back down and go to sleep. Yeah, because if you are biological mom and especially if you're breastfeeding, if you have a partner there with you, that partner is going to be dead asleep and you're gonna be like why are you not awake right now what is this that partner of yours it becomes less of a partner um in in this instance where it just like it's like how are you still asleep it's and i know that true. because i know that it's i was definitely true that. ladies and yep. my boyfriend was great yep. he'd woke he would wake up very easily because i would say hey and he'd say mm-hmm. huh <laughs> But yeah, they, they will pass out and it will be you and the baby. Mm -hmm. But one thing I always kind of recommend is partner while mom is taking a nap with the baby because she's breastfeeding. You have to kind of step it up and kind of take care of the household. You kind of do all the cooking, all the cleaning, answering phones, things of that sort so that mommy can rest while she's breastfeeding. And then when the baby's awake, partner is takes baby so mom can eat take Mm -hmm. a shower it's very important that 
the baby is your baby when you are breastfeeding. When the baby is done feeding, mm-hmm. partnership burp. Um, if the baby is awake, the baby should be with another caregiver or family member just to give mom a little bit of a break. Because breastfeeding is hard. It's yeah. hard. It yeah. takes a lot of patience. We'll get there. <laughs> it's painful. Yeah. Uh, it hurt me each and every time for the first month. It's tiring. You know, because of the re- release of oxytocin mm-hmm. and other hormones, whenever you breastfeed, it kind of makes you want to fall asleep, you know? So you kind of need that support if you have it. I, I think that that definitely, too, uh, that's a good perspective to at least start with. It just, you know, for if if there's a partner, that partner, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night, not to the baby's cry, but to the baby having already started crying and you have a sharp jab of somebody's finger in your side. <laughs> And you have to expect that. A nice, stiff elbow. Yeah. And the first, your first instinct is going to be to be annoyed. But then you've got to really get yourself ready to be like, you know what? This is not, <laughs> this is not, a, this is a, a good example of the, the, the get, get over yourself um, kind of approach that you'll need to having a baby. And, and I think that, you know, when you're talking about making sure that the baby goes with other people, it, it, that's actually really important. Because you're starting off with that idea and the mom is going to want to get in there all the time. Yes. So at least if you start with the idea that it's in there, like there would be times where I was changing our daughter's diaper, you know, like, and it's going perfectly fine. And, and (laughs) and my wife would literally slide in front of me (laughs) between me and the baby (laughs) because I was not. I was not going quick oh, enough wow. for her liking. She was sitting there cringing <laughs> while our daughter cried, even though it's like it's a perfectly normal amount of time uh, for her. It felt like an eternity, yeah. you know. And so, so you you do have to almost be mindful to give yourself a break. Yes, yes, you, know, you, you, you have, have baby, to. And you know? also, I mean, that allows baby to bond with other parent. Also, you know. Because um, I always tell my mothers, like, look, you know, the baby can smell you from three feet away. The baby can't. Mm-hmm. The baby can't see, but the baby can smell you from three feet away because you are oh, yeah. the mother. The baby they know. can smell you. So when you walk past, the baby will kind of follow you once they start tracking. Because they're like, oh, there's food. Where's <laughs> yeah. it going? Type thing. Uh-huh. And your partner <laughs> needs to learn. <laughs> right. But your partner also needs to learn the baby's cues. Your partner also needs to learn how to pacify the baby, you know? So when he would get fussy and they couldn't figure out exactly why he was fussy, he's like, okay, well, let's go see if he's hungry. And then they would give him to me, you know? And if he was hungry, he would eat. If he wasn't hungry, he wouldn't eat. And then, you know, we'd have to figure out what the issue was. Yeah. So I think that's important too, in order to also give mom a bit of a break. So mom yeah. feel like yeah. she's kind of, you know, raising two babies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil. Yeah, what's up? Remember how these episodes were supposed to be short? Vaguely. Well, we have run out of time, my friend. Oh, already? But don't worry. We will conclude this particular conversation in our very next episode. Well, that sounds great. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it and come back and join us next time. And just a reminder, of course, we are sharing our thoughts, but please do not rely on this podcast for actual medical advice. I mean, who knows when you're listening to this? Things may have changed by now. So always go to your child's doctor for all of your actual real health care concerns. And remember, enjoy them while they are this small because they will be bigger tomorrow and then asking for money. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs>
Bye. <laughs> <laughs>